Morning, church. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> Have you got me? <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> I'm. Uh, thank you, sweetheart. How cute is Meredith's new hairdo? She she did the uh, the big cut to raise money for leukemia research. So it looks looks very stylish, very nice. <laughs> um, I am. Um, I hate just preaching to the camera. I just love it when the room is full of people. But I've got Nicola behind there and she's cheering me on. So during the praise and worship, yeah, <laughs> Dave, um, during the praise and worship, I just started to imagine our church family across the nation. And I could see the Whites and uh, the Hutchinsons and the Pattersons and uh, the Thorntons up there at Mountains. And then I imagined the Dinhams and the Pale Ellies and, uh, and all the burrows and <laughs> um, in Penrith and uh, Hi Margaret and um, Teetsy and Blessed and uh, the Becks. And then I imagined the Hawkesbury and, I, you know, my, my mind's eye went up to Currajong Heights there, to the Studdles and to the Prevos and, uh, you know, to the, to the man, the man family, Ted and Anne, hi. Um, and suddenly I felt like <laughs> I was... Okay, I'm, I'm with the family, so it's not that hard to preach after all. Uh, so uh, I just got, I've just got a few encouraging thoughts to bring you today, and I really want to focus on this thought of stewarding the kingdom within. Uh, I want to start with this verse uh, of Scripture from Luke chapter 17. So, you know, grab your Bibles, pull them out, notebooks, whatever. I've got a few Scriptures for us to, to go through. And So Luke 17, verse 20. 20 Jesus is speaking, he says, Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, fabulous architecture in the kingdom of heaven. Or there, what a beautiful place for a kingdom. Love the mountains and the valleys. No, no, he said, it's not going to be like that. He says, For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Or in many other translations say, within you. It is within you. And of course, Paul, uh, you know, he, he kind of highlights this too in Romans 14 when he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's talking about this, this place we live on the inside of us uh, that makes us citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And, and you can tell, I was talking to a friend this week and she was just mentioning uh, someone she had met and she said, I knew as soon as I met them that they were a Christian. She said, there was just something shiny about them. And I laughed because I understand that. I understand that, that, uh, that thing that makes somebody marked as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And I think it's kind of extraordinary when we think about that, that the kingdom of heaven's actually residing in us. I mean, how incredible is it that God chose to spread his kingdom through us. Amazing. And he promised this right from the beginning. You know, uh, Jesse preached a few weeks ago uh, and really took us on quite, sort of peeled back uh, the, the veil to the supernatural to, to see what this sort of corresponding journey uh, of the supernatural world has been with, with ours here in the, in the natural. 
and, uh, and just how significant it was, you know, the Tower of Babel for, for God to be so done with the rebellion that was going on with, um, you know, the spiritual forces, the principalities and powers that we talk about, um, you know, these, these rebellious spiritual beings that, uh, that he, he um, basically divided up the world at, at the Tower of Babel and said, go ahead, rule. But I'm choosing Abraham and I'm going to make a nation out of him and that nation's going to belong to me. And he said, and I am going to bless every nation. I'm going to bless every kingdom. In fact, you know, really he's saying, I'm going to take over every kingdom through this nation of mine, through my people. This is what I'm going to do. Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 3. He says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scripture for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. And of course, we know that. We know that uh, we are, through faith in Jesus Christ, we become sons of Abraham. We have become the kingdom, the very kingdom that God had, had set aside. I think it's so amazing when you look through history that God chose this scrappy little kingdom of Israel that's always punched above its weight, that's always been ridiculously persecuted. It's still punching above its weight. Um, but he chose that, and, and then he chose through, through faith in Jesus Christ that, that we, uh, you know, Gentiles, as it were, as it were, uh, could also be a part of that kingdom, be a part of that nation that would touch the far corners of the earth. In fact, Revelations 11 shows us, it's got, Revelations, the book of Revelations cheats because it just tells us that, like the last page of the story. <laughs> we can actually go to the last page, uh, you know, of the, of the story of earth and of time as we know it, of, of what, what this experience here looks like for us as human beings. And we, we, get, a, we get a snapshot of, about how it ends. And Revelations 11 says this, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. So the kingdoms of this world will all become the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's the ending story. And quite frankly, that is what I'm seeing across the earth one nation after another that is embracing Jesus, embracing faith in Jesus, you know, people group by people group, people person by person who are marked as the citizen, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and spreading the kingdom far and wide. And quite frankly, I, I look at what's happening in the world today and I think those principalities and powers, those rebellious spiritual beings that God is going to deal with in the end, they know they're running out of time because I have never seen such a surge of division as I'm seeing right now across the earth, especially across the Western world, which was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, which has been an expression of the kingdom of heaven expanding across the earth. And, uh, you know, the fact that we've seen so much division around race of all things, when we are one race, the human race, all descendants of Adam, we are all descendants of Adam. And guess what? We're all in the same boat of being separated, uh, you know, 
separated by our sin from God, in need of a saviour. We are all equally in need of his forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. And we all have that equal opportunity to embrace him and to become citizens of heaven. And this division that I'm seeing across the earth is really alarming and just tells me that there's great panic in the supernatural. There is great panic in the supernatural. That's what I I, I believe. And I'm going to tell you something. This oppression Olympics that's going on in the world today, it's no good. It's, it's no good for the world at all. It's not, it's not adding anything to the world. And for me, it's just seeing this, um, you know, being defined by your victimhood, which is just so prevalent right now in our world, is for me, that is just the weapon of the enemy to make us think about how we're victims instead of thinking about how we're victors. How we, we don't, we're not thinking about what we're grateful for. We're not thinking about, um, you know, the power that is within us uh, because the kingdom of heaven is within us. Instead, we're thinking about uh, how we've got to try and strip down everything in our world back to basics and build it again. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, this oppression Olympic stuff is just damaging the world. And it's just a mark of how panicked the spiritual fo- forces are. We've got to fight it back. We've got to fight back because the kingdom of heaven resides in us and we are victors. We are not victims. We are not marked by oppression. We are marked by how God has set us free from our sin and put us on a, on a path that's mighty and overcoming. And, and I want to tell you, if you're feeling defeated today, I want to remind you that the kingdom of heaven is within you and we see the end, we win. You are on the victor's side. You are not on a losing side. And I was reading a, an incredible book. It's pretty, pretty meaty. Uh, it's called The Book That Made Your World. And it was written by an, um, a leading uh, Indian intellectual called Vishal Mangalwadi. And he, from an Indian perspective, he'd been studying Indian religions and uh, he'd you know, been looking around at the influence of the Western world on his nation. And he was thinking everything, everything pertaining to um, human dignity and compassion and, and uh, you know, the elevation of the poor and, and of women and, and, uh, and, and of care and... Um, it, 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 all of it was coming from the West. And he's like, I, I'm really challenged by this. And so he decided to study the Bible to un- try and understand what, what it was uh, that made his nation of India so different uh, to, to the Western world. And so he, he went on this great journey and he's written this book that just highlights how much the kingdom of heaven has influenced the way we live and, you know, as a result, he became a believer. He's a minister of the gospel. He wrote this incredible book. Uh, I tell you, it's worth a read, the book that made your world. And, uh, and, but he, he made this comment. He, I love this. He says, God's desire to bless human beings begins in the very first chapter of Genesis and culminates in the last chapter of the last book with a grand vision of healing for all nations. And that is so true. That is so true <laughs> you know and what he was observing was how the kingdom of heaven within someone intersects with the world and transforms it it changes it and this morning i want to encourage you church that the kingdom of heaven within you can transform your world it can change your world and and you know maybe the fact that we're in lockdown right now and you know we're still feeling the effect of the pandemics maybe it's good because Um, it's reminding us again that there is a different reality going on on the inside of us compared to what's going on in the outside world. And, And we need to allow it to intersect with our world in a way that transforms it. So 
So I want to talk, I want to talk about stewarding that, that kingdom of heaven within us. And, and I found these verses in Colossians chapter 2. And I, I kind of just want to plunge in there, dive in there, pull it all apart, just have a, I kind of just sit in this little passage. Uh, so I'm going to read, read these verses from Colossians chapter 2. And, and, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, dive in, see what it has to offer us. So verse 6, it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. All right, let's start, let's start unpacking this. So then, just as you received Christ, continue. Continue. I just camped on that word continue. In fact, don't laugh at me. I looked up the dictionary. What does continue mean? Now, I know what it means, but sometimes when you read the dictionary, it just gives it a whole new light. And it said this, to persist in an activity or a process. Continue. Continue to live in him. Continue to have the, the kingdom of heaven within you. Continue in the activity of the kingdom of heaven. Continue in the process of the kingdom of heaven. And that, that brings it to life for me. Like we're meant to persist. We're meant to keep pressing in. We're meant to keep moving forward. We're meant to keep expanding. We're meant to continue. And I want to encourage us today to continue. And so what are we continuing? We're continuing to live our lives in Him. More of Him, less of me. More of Him, less of me. That's it. It's just more of His agenda, less of mine. It's understanding we're living our lives in Him, in His power, in His strength, in His victory, in His compassion, in His strength and energy. We are living in Him. We're Christ's. And I think the more we focus on living in Him, the less we focus on living for ourselves. And I tell you, that only produces good fruit. And we've got to be reminded of that. The next thing it says, it says, rooted and built up in him. And I was thinking about uh, the time we went to Malaysia and we were, we were on this famous tower that has this bridge between it. I think it's been in a few movies. And, uh, and part of our visit there, we uh, sort of were part of this little touristy thing that they did where they showed the construction of the building. And it talked about how deep the foundations were and how many years it took just to construct the foundation. And then the building went up uh, on top of it. And, and I've noticed that, you know, in all the development, there's so much development going on right now, especially in Penrith. It's, in, it's just incredible. But they'll spend forever working unseen in the depths. And suddenly this building goes up overnight. <laughs> but it's like two years of working on the foundations. And then in two weeks, there's this building up. But I think there is just so much uh, truth to this idea of, uh, being rooted in God, as, as in putting our foundations as deep as we can in the things of God. We know that Jesus is our cornerstone. And if we want to build a strong life, we've got to build it on Him. 
And sometimes we've got to address our foundations. Uh, I don't know whether you noticed in the news, but um, a building collapsed in, in uh, Miami, a, a sort of a beachfront building. Horrific. And I think they're still looking for bodies and it's a, it's a massive tragedy. But there it is. It's on the coastline and, and I'm guessing that something happened on a deep foundational level to make that building collapse. And I tell you, when we put our foundations deep in Jesus, we are building something that will not collapse. It will not fail because Jesus is, is our foundation stone. He's our cornerstone. Our life can get larger. It can get bigger. It can grow. You know, and I, and I do think there is something about being rooted and built up, built up in Jesus. When we are obedient to him, we will do things that we never thought we could do. Example in point was my daughter on Friday night. She has been utterly terrified of public speaking and getting up in front of anyone. And on Friday night, she did lead up. And she kind of aced it. <laughs> but she was just being obedient to what God was telling her. She shared what God had put on her heart. You know, she read her scripture. Um, she, she did all the things that were absolutely terrifying for her. But this is what happens when we decide to be rooted in Christ and built up in Christ. We, we choose a life that takes us to places we never thought were possible, that builds our capacity, that builds an increase in us because we are focused on him and our obedience in him. It takes us to extraordinary places. It really does. Not only that, but she even played keys. She played keyboard out at Oberon. Kind of cool. But anyway, this is what happens when we build our life in him. I want to encourage you, church, Keep building your life in him. The next thing it says there in, in uh, Colossians chapter 7, it says, Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You know, there, this, this, is, this is what we're continuing in. This is what we are persisting in as an activity, as a process, that we are strengthening our faith. We're feeding it. We're sustaining it. We're looking after it, nurturing it, fostering it. This, this incredible gift of faith that we have within us. And, I, you know, I tell you, that means sometimes we've got to confront the obstacles to faith. Things like fear and worry and apathy and unforgiveness, bitterness. We've got to fight those obstacles that stop us from strengthening our faith. And we've got to position ourselves well so that our faith can remain strong. Just the fact that you're watching today. This is an example of how we strengthen our faith. Getting around other believers, getting them to pray for us, ministering to other people, sharing the gospel with others. We're strengthening our faith, knowing your word. We've got to strengthen our faith. We've got to strengthen it. There's all sorts of things trying to assail our faith and come against our faith and weaken our faith. And we've got to persist in the activity and process <laughs> of strengthening our faith. And then lastly, in this, in this little uh, group of verses here, it says, and overflowing with thankfulness. Man, our outlook in life should be different to the rest of the world because what we've received is phenomenal. And I think sometimes we just get familiar. <laughs> it actually made me reflect on my visit to Papua New Guinea. At 15 years of age, I went on a missions trip with my parents, with my family, my brother as well. And uh, we were staying... They're in uh, uh, Boraco, and then we went out to a uh, coastal village with no electricity, no plumbing, 
pretty much no modern convenience and we slept in uh, these raised cabins with the pigs underneath and we caught our own fish in a boat that we ate, cooked and ate with the yams that they had grown and uh, the bananas and the mangoes and all the other things and, uh, and my parents actually just shared the gospel there. We stayed for two nights. I've got to tell you, the toilet for the village was just this drop toilet that was full of cockroaches and spiders. It was, you know, you go in there during the day and the sun would just glint on the back of hundreds of cockroaches as they would scuttle down into the hole. And you knew you were sitting on that. And at night time, you would open the door, you'd have your little torch and you'd just look up and it's all these spiders. You couldn't even see the cockroaches. You weren't game to shine the torch down the hole. And so for three days, we were in this village. It was so bad. I've got to tell you, I have never been so thankful for indoor plumbing and white porcelain as I was after that experience. (laughs) And I, I think sometimes we get so familiar with what God has done for us that we forget how special it is. We forget what darkness felt like. We forget what it was like to be lost. And we've got to remind ourselves, uh, you know, of, of what the weight of sin and shame did to us and, and what God has actually done for us. We're going to stir up this place of awe and wonder and thankfulness and gratitude and stay in that place. It's like, you know, like putting the cones out and saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's at work here. I'm just so excited. This is the best place to be is inside of me because the Holy Spirit's here doing this incredible work on the inside of me. And we're going to stir up that thankfulness, that, that awe and wonder of being the work side of the Holy Spirit because that is phenomenal. Um, so let's, let's, let's dig in now to verse 8. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I think we've got to have our eyes wide open to the fact that there are human forces and there are spiritual forces that seek to reacquire the land. The devil's ticked off that, that God won, won over the interior land of our soul and marked it as the kingdom of heaven. He's ticked off. He wants to reacquire it. He wants to repossess that land. And there's all sorts of ideas floating around that are distractions and that, quite frankly, are just disempowering to the spirit within you and the work of the spirit within you. I think some of those human forces, like being so obsessed about money and and career and, and building the perfect Instagram lifestyle, you know, you're establishing the kingdom of heaven in your families. I'm telling you now, there will be resistance and the easier road, it just feels easier sometimes. But we've got to persist. We've got to continue, persist in the activity and process of the kingdom. Because, it's, you know, it's, it feels easier to just go with so many of the social changes of our world, so many of the cultural shifts and uh, twists and turns. It just feels easier to go with that. But no, you represent the kingdom of truth, of love, of hope of deliverance, of righteousness. And we are not going to give any of that that ground back to the devil. I think sometimes what happens is it's like the devil starts to kind of move in and squat on places of that, that interior land. You know, if you imagine, imagine your, your spirit like a, like a map. And uh, right now it's, it's zoned kingdom of heaven. 
But it's like the, the enemy tries to sneak in and kind of just squat in corners on the edge and then move in a little closer and kind of tries to steal away your time and attention by, uh, you know, love of money uh, or, you know, a desire for a career, ambition, uh, you know, just uh, the, the demands of friends, uh, the, um, you know, the, the shiny things that look like we, that will make our life better, that we, we try and pursue. And it's like he's squatting and renting and tra- taking up more and more land. Before we know it, we're, we're, we're locked in. We're abs- absolutely locked in. And the, it's like the enemy has, has uh, tried to reacquire the land. You know, I, I, I'm guessing you've all watched The Chosen because um, your pastor told you to. And uh, he's quite obsessed with it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just recently, the, the last few episodes have kind of really highlighted what it looks like when the enemy tries to reacquire the land. And he, he kind of does a, a creative license. Okay, this is not Bible verse, but creative license. Um, he, he kind of tries to, tries to do that with Mary. And we see this whole process of how she she kind of gets squatted on by the enemy <laughs> and, uh, and tries to reacquire that, that ground that was gained by Jesus and, and, and just, just an amazing turnaround. So watch The Chosen. <laughs> so, so I think it's a great example of how, you know, quite often we feel like we've lost ground. I tell you, it's time today to evict the enemy. So if he's taking up time, if he's taking up space, if he's, if he's renting for free, on the you know, kingdom of heaven land, it's time to evict him because he has no power and authority over that land and you need to remind him of that uh, and, and tell him he can't, he can't take, that, take that land. He cannot reacquire it. It belongs to the Lord, not to the enemy. Finally, let's have a look at this, uh, verse, in, uh, verse 9, verse 10. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority every power and authority and we understand that there is spiritual forces in rebellion to God that have had power and they've had authority and Jesus in his death he took the keys of hell and death from them he removed power and authority from them and when we are in Jesus I tell you we have that same power and authority working within us I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I have definitely had seasons where I've been the punching bag for the enemy. Kicked while I was down, blow after blow after blow, <laughs> and I didn't feel terribly victorious. Now, I've had some bad days. <laughs> but I also knew I wasn't going to stay there because I've had a revelation of the fullness of Christ that lives in me and has brought me to fullness. He has all power and authority, and I belong to him. Church, you belong to him. The fullness of Christ dwells in you, and he has all power and authority. It actually reminds me of a movie. It's an old one, The Saint with Val Kilmer. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Uh, although, check the rating, because it's been a while since I've watched the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, we see Elizabeth Shue. She's, she plays the character of Dr. Emma Russell. And she's a scientist who's been working on this formula for cold fusion. It's all very exciting. Uh, she kind of gets mixed up with this double agent, Simon Templer, who's played by Val Kilmer, uh, who is actually working for this Russian bad guy. And, uh, of course, they fall in love, you know. Uh, and then he tries to get out of this terrible deal with the Russian, uh, Russian uh, bad guy. And so they find themselves being hunted. And there's this scene towards the end of the movie where they're, they're being hunted down by, um, by the, these Russian operatives. And so Simon gets her. They're in Russia. 
and Simon gets her as close to the American embassy as he can and they're closing in on her and she's just got a bolt for the embassy door. And, and so you see her doing this slow motion run and the bad guy's getting closer and closer and the hand goes out and he's got his hand on her shoulder and she just shrugs a jacket off and, you know, he ends up with a fistful of leather jacket and she runs and she gets to the gate and she cries out, I'm an American, open the gate, I'm an American, I'm an American. And, of course, the GIs, they quickly open the gate. She runs and she falls into the arms of a GI and, uh, and the rest of them, you know, pull their guns out and they shut the gate behind her and this guy slams up against the gate and they're like, back off you know just love it it's just like fantastic movie making and and so she gets there and the relief on her face when she knows that she's touched American soil because we know the embassies in other countries are considered like an American embassy is considered American soil she knows she has the, the full backing of the American military behind her of the American government the American people she's a citizen of America she knows she's got their backing and this incredible relief she's safe she's she's actually still on Russian soil which is kind of interesting but she's but it's technically you know it's allowed to be American soil amazing and she's safe they can't touch her there. And I think sometimes we've got to get that revelation that belonging to the kingdom of heaven is kind of like that. We have the full backing of the power and authority of Jesus. He kicked the devil's butt, church, like he really did. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that in church, but I did. So there you go. Live with it. <laughs> he did. And, you know, this is what lives within us. This is what we have access to. We don't have to run to a building. We don't have to run to an embassy. We just turn within. And there it is. That's it. We turn within. It's right there. When we're feeling attacked and assailed, when we're feeling afraid and anxious, we just turn within because the fullness of Christ dwells within you. It dwells within you. You feeling powerless? Just turn within. Feeling empty? Just turn. Feeling weary? Just turn. Feeling defeated? Just turn. Feeling directionless? Just turn feeling ashamed, just turn. Feeling anxious, just turn. It's interesting that the word repentance really just means to turn. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm so far away from God. I haven't been living right for Him. And, you know, I, I, just, I just feel like it's going to be a long way back. No, just turn. It's right there. <laughs> oh, but I haven't read, read my Bible for ages. And I haven't prayed. You know, just turn. It's honestly that simple. It is right there. The fullness of Jesus is right there for you. And you have not gotten far, as far away from it as you think you have. Just turn. The power and authority of Jesus, of the kingdom of heaven, is fully backing you right now. It's fully backing you. And church, this is how we steward the kingdom. I believe the greater we steward it, the more powerful it becomes, the more obvious it becomes, the more effective it becomes, the more fruitful it becomes. We've got to steward it. That's all we've got to do, just steward it. Jesus does the rest. He's done the fullness. He's done the power and authority. He's done all that stuff. We've just got to steward it. We've just got to, we've, we've just got to stir it up. We've just got to foster it, nurture it, and it will spread. And I believe we are inching closer and closer to that scripture in Revelations 11 that says the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. 
and he shall reign forever and ever. Well, church, why don't you just pray with me and let's just allow God to speak to each one of us. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are so good. Thank you for marking each of us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I pray that you'd just peel back the layers of that for us and let us get a, a fresh revelation of what that means. Let us have a fresh overflowing a thankfulness in our heart for what you have done for us. God, give us fresh eyes on the power and authority that resides within us. God, give us fresh eyes of how the enemy tries to squat on the corners of that land and how we can evict him. We have the authority to evict him. Lord God, give us eyes on how those human forces, those spiritual forces seek to deceive us and try and take us captive again when we've been set free. Lord, let us keep walking in that freedom. And God, I pray today that we would have a renewed sense of the authority that is on our lives, the authority and the power of Jesus Christ that is on our lives. Lord, that we would continue in it, that we would continue to persist in the activity and the process of the kingdom of heaven that is within us. Lord, let your people feel encouraged this morning. Let them feel excited this morning, God. Minister to every heart, Lord God, that we are not victims. We are not oppressed, but we have been set free to something higher, to something greater, something that is coming to conclusion and very quickly. And so, Lord God, we just thank you for your presence amongst us. Touch every home, every family. I pray for health and protection over every family right now, every household, Lord God. Just move and operate in, the, in, their, in their homes, in the children, Lord God. Just your protection over them, Lord God. And we just love you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, that's it, church. We love you heaps. And uh, have a great week. Just remember those things that Pastor Rick said to you. And uh, I believe that you can have a real encounter with God this week. So bless you guys. Love you. Bye.